Welcome to Alphabet Fly Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with the guests, and we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is a Canadian stow goddess, Daniel Na. Lo- love syrup, eh? <laughs> yep. So we are going to be talking about Snowbird. Do you know anything about Snowbird? Uh isn't she on Alpha Alpha Flight or yep. whatever? Yeah. Yeah. She sounded vaguely familiar. She probably is blonde and has snow powers. Well, not that. Uh, a little different. Um but but yeah, here's what she looks like. Uh, well, no, I was right. She is blonde and she has snow powers. Well, well, no, no, it's different. Her powers are different. Than oh, that. okay. I mean, well, she's dressed as if she had snow powers and she is blonde. Yeah, like her outfit is the exact outfit I would imagine if 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 uh, they did like a uh, if Disney decided to do their thing and be like, well, what if Elsa was a superhero? A little bit, yeah. I mean, she also <laughs> kind of looks like Scarlet Witch, but like palette swapped to have snow powers. Yeah, I could see that. But yeah, so. <clears throat> so yeah, her her name is Narya. Mm. Yeah. Uh, her occupation is adventurer. Uh, records officer of the Royal Canadian uh, Mounted Police. Of the at, real Canadian Mounted Police. Yeah. At the Yellowknife Northwestern Territories. Her identity is secret. Uh, and most the general population of the Earth is unaware that Snowbird was uh was a goddess. Cool. I mean not I mean not all of her simps. All of her simps are just like yes yes goddess. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> what do you think the next term the uh, the 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 alt right and stuff is gonna and incels are gonna start using? I didn't imagine simp was gonna come out. Uh, where did oh I guess that's from like simpering. Yeah. There's a uh, people been passing around a Phineas and Ferb music video from one of the episodes, uh, the song Squirrel in My Pants, and so it's abbreviated Simp, and it's pretty good <laughs> for that reason. <laughs> because, like, I, like, because, like, the other stuff is just like, oh, you know, whatever, just, like, standard, bland, whatever. Yeah. But I did, I did see some coming out of, like, nowhere. It just kind of popped up one day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now... <clears throat> um, swirling my pants sounds oddly sexual as well. Uh, well, if if you're into that, I guess. I guess. I mean, it's it's whatever. Um, so your legal status is a citizen of the of the Cana- of Canada of Canada with no criminal record. Um, and your other alias is Anne Mackenzie Thomas. Her place that of birth is was the new- whitest name I've ever heard. It's very white. Uh, and her pl- place of birth was near Resolute Bay, Northwest Territory, uh, Canada. And her place of death was a mine in uh, Burial uh, Butte, a town in the Canadian Klondike. And uh, she was married. Uh, so, nah, Daniel, I know you wanted to marry. Elsa, if she had super, if she was a superhero, but you can't. Um, so her known relatives is uh, Hodiak, but her Jesse, grandfather. I've, I've spent 
over $10,000 on her OnlyFans. So her her grandfather is named Hodiak. Her mother is named uh, Nelvana. I'm sorry. Hodiak and Narvana, and she ended up being, like, Sue Ellen Anne? She does have both Anne and Kinsey in her name. Like, like how much more white can you be? Yeah, like, that's what I'm- where, where did that come from? Well, I don't know. Uh, probably her father, who was named Richard Lauren Easton. And then- I thought you uh, said her her dad's name was, like, Hodak or something. No, no, her grandfather. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Hodiak. Where did they go wrong? I don't know. Well, probably her father. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Michael, uh, two young men, uh, also known as Shaman, is her foster father. And uh, Douglas Thompson is her husband, who is dead. And she had an unnamed son, who's also dead. Just, just uh, a son. So, yeah. if her husband's dead, that means I'm well, in, baby. <laughs> yep. Maybe if you spend fifteen hundred on her OnlyFans, uh, her or sorry, her uh, first appearance as Anne McKenzie was X Men One Twenty, which was one that we sh- you should be familiar with because we talk about it all the time when we talk about um, Alpha Flight characters. Uh, it is uh, the X Men issue number one twenty in April nineteen seventy nine. Wanted Wolverine dead or alive? And it, it, on the cover it says chaos in Canada. It's it has the uh, current X Men team. They just kind of they're out in a blizzard while it looks like Sasquatch, Guardian, and. Someone else, probably Puck, maybe, are in a bunker thing. Sorry, one of the characters in this series is Pierre Trudeau. Any yeah. uh, any relation? I think Trudeau. Uh, the name Trudeau is a, a political political. Uh, oh, are they like the Kennedys of Canada? I think they are. Gross. Well, I mean. Uh, oh, yep. This is, I think, actually the the real life canonical fifteenth prime minister of Canada. Yep, canonical. Well, there you go. Yep. So, um, yeah, under him, uh, under under him, that's the reason. The reason why we have a uh, Wolverine with the uh, claws. Oh, he ordered it. Thanks. I guess it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Actually, it was Guardian who did it. Guardian was basically he started Department H. Did who started Department X. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, <clears throat> I'm sure glad that uh, Xavier used his mind-wiping wipe, mind abilities to make Wolverine into his friend. Yeah. You know. Yes, you do. Yeah. Uh, and her uh, her final appearance as a living being was Alpha Flight, one, uh, Alpha Flight 40, and then she was a spirit that ascended to the realm of the Eskimo gods in 45. Hmm. Well, that seems problematic. Alpha Flight is problematic. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of stuff we're going to talk about that seems very problematic. Let me tell cool, you. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> yep. So, several thousand years ago, prior to Snowboard's birth, one of the mystical beasts known as the Great Beasts, sorry, Tundra, one of the mystical beasts known as the mystical, uh, known as one of the mystical creatures known as Great Beasts, 
imprison the gods of the I'm I'm gonna say I'm just gonna say Inuit mm-hmm. because yeah uh, the gods of the Inuit behind a mystical barrier do I want to say okay this is one of the situations where you don't want to say that um that the that the Roma like that that the Roma threw a bunch of like tortured uh, the Scarlet Witch and stuff like that but whatever okay but yeah the Eskimo gods <clears throat> but they basically put them behind a mystical barrier preventing them from traveling to their own dimension into uh into that of earth therefore the Inuit gods was would be unable to defend earth from tundra and the other great beasts thousands of years later when the beasts finally uh break through the mystical barrier uh behind which the gods has Im- imprisoned them Around 15 years ago, a nondescript man. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that's what I'm calling, calling white people now. Nondescript men. <laughs> this nondescript man uh, being described right now as Richard Easton, serving in a minor capacity with the archaeological expedition north of the Antarctic Circle, uh, north of the Arctic Circle near Resolute Bay. In the Northwest uh, Territory, Canada. Um, there, Easton discovered a long-buried metal handband that, uh, that he felt a compulsion to don, uh, and did so. And upon, uh, thereupon, three of the Inuit gods appeared to him. Uh, Delvana, the goddess of the Northern Lights. Her father, Hodiak, the Shaper, who is not to be con- Confused with the shape of worlds, which who created the cosmic cube as a sun, basically. I recall the shaper of worlds. Yeah, yeah, you're on the you're on that episode. <laughs> remember when? Remember when there was just a big old robot that created the cosmic cube as a sun? It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nirvana uh, told Easton that she intended to mate with him. See, this is just him having a a, a dream. A wet dream. Uh, Easton, however, was terrified, as well as being uh, appalled that of uh, Nirvana's extremely aged appearance. And now it's just ages. Uh, the Shaper then cast a spell to make Nirvana appear to be an extraordinarily beautiful young woman. In this guy, she explained to Easton that she needed to mate with him in order to give birth to a child who would serve as a champion against the rising of a ancient evil. I'm gonna just say this sucks. <laughs> this, this really sucks. Now, do, you know uh, how Alpha Flight is uh, very problematic? I'm learning. I'm learning it's, today. So, by this, she meant that the gods wanted there to be a hybrid being, half deity, half human, who would be unaffected by Tundra's barriers, who could battle Tundra and the other beasts should they break free. Overpowered by the illusion of Nirvana's beauty, Easton uh... Oh, I've heard that one before. Acceded... I couldn't or, help it, hon. I was just overpowered by her beauty. I didn't have a say in the matter. Uh, acceded to her request and then was transported to the realm of the Inuit gods where he mated with her. On returning, that is just... That was just a penthouse letter. <laughs> That's all. 
Uh, Easton thought he was gone for only one night, but discovered that he's been away from Earth for about nine years. Easton <laughs> then went mad, presumably from a combination of his, uh, of this uh, discovery and the experience of being on the realm of the Inuit gods. Uh, years later, uh, Michael, two young men who had recently became a uh, First Nation shaman or medicine man, found himself drawn into. By the way, we're hitting level two of uh, <laughs> <laughs> problematicness. Um, but yeah, so he became a medicine man um, and found himself drawn to the area near Resolute Bay by the mystical energies. Through dreams that he he learned of Nelvana's pregnancy and of her need for a human mystic to serve as a midwife at the birth of her child, two young men cast a spell which temporarily opened the portal and the barriers separating Earth from the realm of the Inuit gods. And Nelvana appeared before him. He, using his magic, two young men assisted with the birth of the being who would then become known as Snowbird. This birth process was a mystical, was mystical in nature and quite unlike human birth. Two young men found an infant-sized embryo hovering before him, before realizing that the embryo was a transmorph or shape changer. Two young men quickly cast a spell to bind it to Earth's reality, for otherwise it might never have been able to assume human form. Um, the result was that the embryo became a young a female uh, human infant who was already the equivalent of years old. Uh, two young men did not realize, however, by casting the spell, he unwillingly bound the infant, infant to the land of Canada. Specifically, <laughs> this spell would prove to have, a negative, have negative consequences. Well, we need to bite it to Earth. Well, what am I familiar with? Uh, my hometown? So is that like the the geopolitical borders of the nation state Canada? So yeah. like she can't like so like she gets to the border of like Alaska and she like can't. We're gonna get to that. That's something okay. that will come up later. Oh good, good. Two young men brought the infant back to his cabin in the woods in Banff. Uh National Park in Alberta, Canada, where he lived as a hermit. Within a few years, the girl who he named Narla grew to adulthood. One day, two young men was visited by the, his former neighbor, Heather, Mc, Heather McNeil Hudson, and her father. Not father, sorry. I said father because she was many, he was many years uh, her senior when they married. Oh, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, she was 17 when they met, so he waited awesome, until she was yeah. 18 to marry. Love it. <laughs> Alpha Flight is very problematic. <laughs> Good comic, Jesse. Uh, I don't like Alpha Flight. <laughs> you named your podcast after them. It had, okay, it had the best pun name. <laughs> um... <clears throat> uh, one, uh, one day, two young men was visited by them, uh, and two young men introduced them to Narla. I'm sorry, Narya. Uh, curious about her, Heather Hudson secretly followed her that night and saw Narya uh, leaving her cabin naked. To her surprise and shock, Heather Hudson witnessed Narya 
transforming herself into an arctic owl, and then killing a small animal. Heather told her husband about what she'd seen, and together they confronted two young men, uh, who explained to them that his own mystical power, about his own mystical powers and Narya's uh, powers and origin, intrigued. James MacDonald Hudson asked both two young men and uh, Nalia to join the organization's secret agents, sorry, special agents, that he was forming uh, for the Canadian government. Two young men and Nalia accepted the offer. Uh, after a period of training, they were both joined the organization Alpha Flight, under the codename Shaman and Snowbird, respectively. James Hudson helped Snowbird create the human persona Anne McKenzie, which she could assume through her preternatural uh, shape-changing powers. Special arrangements with the Prime Minister gave uh, gave Anne McKenzie you know, Canadian citizenship and installed her as a records officer of for the for the Royal Canadian Mounted Police at Yellowknife in the Northwest Territories. One of her fellow officers, uh, Douglas Thompson, fell in love with her, unaware of her true identity and nature. Snowbird, a valued member of Alpha Flight and participated in many of the missions with the team during her life on Earth, Snowbird battled and helped defeat members of the Great Beasts on several occasions. Eventually, Snowbird learned that her fellow Alpha Flight member, Walter Linkskowski, could transform himself into the supernaturally powerful form known as Sasquatch. Um, and he had wittily became linked to uh, Tanarok, one of the great beasts. When Linkowski transformed himself into Sasquatch, he actually took the physical form of Tanarok, and Tanarok's personality was slowly becoming the dominant. Uh, dominant one in that form. Snowbird believed that there was therefore necessary to kill kill Sasquatch and attack him. (laughs) Hey. Hey, buddy. You're being taken over by this, uh, by this, by this evil presence. I'm I'm gonna kill you now. Uh, I hope she did it as an owl. Just, just kept on. Sorry, is her only power to turn into a bird? We're gonna get to that. I need to That's... know how bad the name Snowbird is, and it really hinges on if she can do anything besides turning into a snowbird. We're gonna get to that. Okay. We're gonna get to that. Um, it's by the way, her powers are very dumb. <laughs> Though. Can't wait. Uh Tonorak's consciousness was now controlled or now controlled um Sasquatch's bodies and fought back against Snowbird. Snowbird took the form of Sa- of a Sasquatch a legendary man-like beast of Canada herself, and tore Sasquatch's heart out, thereby killing Laskowski and forcing Tanarok's spirit back to the dimension of the Great Beast. Lankowski's spirit was found refuge uh, for a time in the robot called Box. That's B-O-X, as in the thing I have in my corner right now. Cool. Yep. And eventually his spirit was projected into another dimension. Anne McKenzie had now revealed to Douglas Thompson that she was Snowbird, a demigoddess, in love um, in love with Thompson. She married him and became pregnant with his child. Outraged that she 
would thus ally herself with a mortal. The Eskimo, so sorry, the uh, Inuit gods forbade her from returning to their dimension, dimen- other dimensional realm. Michael Tuyangman, who was also known, who was now also known as uh, Talisman, journeyed to uh, the pregnant Nala, Nalia, uh, Thompson, and the other members of Alpha Flight to the mystical realm of Place of Power in the Canadian Ar- uh, Arctic in order to deliver the child and bind the child's spirit to Earth, as he'd done with Snowbird herself. Uh, however, unknown to Shaman, the body of Captain F.R. Cozier, uh, who had been in the form of a s- and suspended animation for over 100 years, lay buried underground, alive, still alive. Cozier's spirit took possession of Snowbird's newborn son and transformed the infant's body into an adult one. Wow! Okay. Uh, so Cozier called himself Pestilent and intended to use the powers over death and decay to spread havoc over her, taking magical control over Snowbird. Um, Shaman had her, uh, had her Sasquatch form attack Pestilence, uh, who fled. Okay, so they, uh, tracked Pestilence to the mining town of Burial Butte. In the Canadian Klondike, where pestilence infected infected him with a fatal disease. Within the mine, Shaman forced Snowbird to assume her Sasquatch form to try to kill pestilence. But Shaman then came to realize that the innocence of Snowbird's son was beginning to take over pestilence's mind. And pestilence's current body was killed. And the spirit would be freed to seek a new host. If his current body stayed alive, the child spirit might prove to be dominant over him. So Pestilence tried to seek out a new host. And he used his powers to take control over Snowbird's Sasquatch form. And intended to have her kill her cur- his current body. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, then Shaman summoned her mother and her grandfather and the Shaper and asked them to take Nala's spirits in heaven because basically, because basically, you know, the body stuff. Um, and she died as well. Um, and I don't care. I care so little about this. Why is all the Alpha Flight stuff so long? Uh, okay. She's 5'10". Uh, Pretty tall. Yeah. Uh, weighs 180. And she has blue eyes. I'm sorry, blue eyes as McKenzie, but white eyes as Snowbird. Uh, she has pear, pale blonde. and uh, But in her animal forms, in Sasquatch form, she has white fur. Or white feathers. Her real face in physical form looks inhuman, so she makes it look like she's a, a pretty lady instead, because, of course, that's how that would work. Uh, so. 
We don't know how strong she is, but she was able to knock down a great mystical beast. In her Sasquatch form, she can lift 70 tons. Now, here's her powers. She could transform into any animals whose natural habitat is of the Canadian Arctic North, as well as a human. Okay. Yeah, that's her power. I guess that's fine. Yep. Uh, the precise uh, uh, nature of this ability is unknown, which took the form of an animal whose mass and volume, blah, 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 blah. It would, you know, it'd come out of somewhere. Just think animorphs, animorphs rules, basically. Well, animorphs explain their rules. Yeah. Well, that, well that's, the, that's the rules here, basically. Oh, so they also use Z-Space to store extra mass. Well, I mean, it's not Z-Space, but it's like the mystical realm and stuff. <laughs> um, she can she can fly, uh, which the, um, her uppermost level has not been established. She has mystical senses where she can detect the presence of magical energies and or the breaching of a magical field. She could feel the presence of evil as coldness. Um, and she has limited postcognition. Um, which postcognition is she can see into the past. Mm. Um, yeah, so can I. It's called my memory. Well, well, she can like touch <laughs> things and then see what they are in the past. And... So she can uh, mystically envision an event that takes place in her immediate vicinity anytime within the last six hours in the past. And her precog- uh, precognitive, or sorry, postcognitive visions could portray events occurring backwards or forwards in time, according to her will. Um, and she can also turn into a Sasquatch. Uh, now. Okay, well, sorry, sorry. Let me, let me rephrase. She cannot take less mass. A form of something that's less, that has less mass than her. So, if she turns into, like, an owl, it'll turn into a human-sized version of that owl. That's goofy. And, and she also, she also couldn't just transform and then, again, Animorphs rules. She has to turn back into a human. For before she could turn into another animal. Yeah, but her human form's not her real form. But she's bound to her human through her demigoddess state. She's no Cassie. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, yeah. Th- this is just animorphs, by the way. She has uh, to overcome certifiably that. worse than animorphs. Well. Okay, I'm just explaining the rules. Okay? <laughs> They're the same goddamn rules. She has to overcome the uh, mind of the animal that she's in. And the longer she's in the form, the longer the animal personality takes over. Um, and also, because because she's bound to Canada, she can only live in full health in Canada. Or the extra-dimensional realm of the Eskimo gods, sorry, uh, Inuit gods, 
if she leaves Canada or another country, her life force begins to ebb away, and she greatly weakens and ages. ages. She doesn't like die or anything. She just she just turns into an old woman. Okay, but like, <laughs> is it like actually the modern country of Canada? Like Alaska's out. What whatever is considered Canada. So if Canada somehow takes over Alaska and the the North America, I guess technically it would be Canada. That's so dumb. Yes, it's very dumb and problematic. <laughs> like it's it's one thing, like without getting into the whole thing about using Inuit deities like this. You know, it's one thing to be like, okay, she's bound to, like, the ancestral lands of the Inuit gods. Because that, you know, that kind of makes sense, all right? This is the place where the Inuit people have lived, you know, for thousands of years. But to make it the modern borders of modern Canada is one of the dumber things I've I've heard. To be fair, uh, Michael Olshaman and also Talisman, they're both, is, is very dumb. Yeah. They're very dumb people, and he tied it to his conception of Canada. Oh, okay. Which also, let's talk about the fact that he's a medicine man, which is like a spiritual community leader, and he just like, it's like, bye, I'm gonna join uh, the Settler Colonial Secret Agency. Oh, and, uh, if you want to hear even more messed up stuff about him, really listen, to my, <laughs> listen to my Talisman episode, because it's very problematic and bad. Yeah, I'd prefer not to. It's so not good. Also, while he had his uh, foster daughter, um, he was just ignoring his real ass daughter. Oh, great, good. Okay, perfect. <laughs> and when she died, he was just like, "I guess I'm going to take your identity and be talisman now." Cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's very bad. So. Okay, that's pretty much it. What do you have to plug? Uh, well, if you uh, enjoyed all our Animorphs talk this episode, or if you have no idea what we're talking about and you'd like to find out, but you hate reading books, why don't you go listen to me read you the books that are the Animorphs uh, in my podcast, Audiomorphs, which can be found on my website, theapocalypse.com. That's like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. Um, or you can just Google Audiomorphs, I guess. That will probably turn it up. Um, and, uh, yeah, just check out my stuff, I guess. Yeah, if you want to support my friend here and also listen to a bootleg audiobook. Yep, uh, the official Scholastic ones aren't as far in as I am, and they also cost $11 per book, and mine are free. So, you know, yep. the choice is yours. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you're anti-capitalist, you know who to go to. That's right. My name is Jesse. I have another podcast called Alpha. Oop, this is it. I have another podcast called Limited Theories, where I talk about limited Marvel series, mostly with my friend Rob, issue by issue. And I have a podcast called Creepy Critters, where I talk about cryptids and some allure detail. Um, if you want to hear me talk about some squatches, I talk about some tree squatches. That's something. It's called tree squatches. Listen to that one. What if squatches were different? That's. There are lots of them, by the way, too. So, we're pretty much... I'm, I'm done. I'm done forever. This is... This is... Be, I'm, I'm gonna leave this mortal robe. Bye. Bye. <laughs>